This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. It's year 16. It's just, it's a blur, friends. And we're heading down the road called 2023. Who knows what's going to happen? About the best we can do here is find the stories, seek the people, do the interviews, and pass it on to you. Actually, somebody uh, who was slagging me said, oh, he's dumbing it down. No, I'm not. I'm trying to make it just conversational so you understand and that the words stay with you. Uh, this is Tasting Room Radio. Coming up, years and years ago, uh, Jason Priestley and I were shooting Hollywood and Vines with our friend and producer, Chad Oaks. And we went to the Niagara Wine Festival. Uh, our contact was Kimberly Hundredmark. She was the one who mentored us through the Niagara Wine Festival. Her husband, Jeff Hundredmark, was making wines at the time for a company that was making the Gretzky wines, just as they were starting out. Both of them expressed an interest in the Okanagan, what the Okanagan was really like. And I could tell that they were interested. As it turns out, they both were interested. Jeff Hundredmark, uh, as a winemaker, came to the Okanagan and immediately found employment. I knew what he was going to do. He worked his way back up. He is now the chief winemaker at Mount Boucherie and Frost Wine Co. in the Okanagan. And Kimberly Hundredmark um, worked a, a variety of jobs getting to know the business, just getting to know the sense of our rhythm and our pace. Here we are. This interview will confirm the fact that Kimberly Hundredmark is now the general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. The ex- almost exactly the same position that she held in Niagara so many years ago. This is a joy for me to do this interview. We're having a conversation with the new GM of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Yippee. And we finish off Tasting Room Radio with a conversation with Mark Devere, who's a master of wine, and we're talking about the Robert Mondavi wines that he poured at the Vancouver Wine Festival of 2022. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Jason Parks Customs. Let's review what exactly is Jason Parks Customs. It's The Hatch, the original home of all things JPC, The Hatching Post, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor, Truck 59 Cider House, Blacksmith Vineyards, the home of their single vineyard, single varietal series of sensational Swifties, Crown and Thieves, made by scoundrels, sipped by royalty, home of the Crown and Thieves Speakeasy, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor. All the details can be found at jpcfanclub.com. I am Terry David Mulligan, and this is Tasting Room Radio. I have a friend returning. If you go back on the interviews that I've done over the years and uh, and just my mentioning, I've mentioned the hundred marks. Um, uh, and, and I have <laughs> I have Kimberly Hundred Mark uh, joining me for this edition of Tasting Room Radio. Um, when last we talked, you were at a Time Winery with that group downtown in Penticton. What is your official title now, please, miss? So now I um, officially am the general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals as of November 1st, 2022. What is the job of the uh, general manager of the festivals? Essentially, it is uh, providing winery members and tourism members, destination partners across BC, a platform in which to promote VC wines, um, elevated experiences for our consumers, allowing them to engage in our storytelling masters of our winemakers and wine principles, 
and experiencing some wonderful uh, wine and culinary along the way. And is it like a a, a, a goat rodeo? Can it be? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. You know what? Um, I think everyone is really excited and uh, probably my reputation precedes me and they know that I am relentless and that they better answer my emails or my phone calls or I'm just going to keep knocking. <laughs> Kimberly Hundredmark, who is the general manager of the uh, Okanagan Wine Festivals. You have um, a previous experience in this field in Niagara. Uh, tell us about that. I took over the um, executive director position at the Niagara Grape and Wine Festival in 2009. And I was there for eight years and it actually was the reason that I discovered the Okanagan wine industry and you were instrumental in helping us wayfind and bringing us here, um, falling in love with um, with the Okanagan. And we made our way here in 2017. As you know, Jeff is the director of winemaking at Mount Boucherie and he, uh, he landed exactly where he was meant to be right off the bat. And I've had the ability to work with some incredible um, organizations over the last five years that have helped me connect the dots and understand the industry because in the festival business, it's really important that you understand the governance, you understand the politics, you understand the players, the partners and how it all works so that I can bring it together in the best way possible. The and business of what the business, you're talking about the business of the wine business. Absolutely, the business of the wine business. Now, those those folks who are looking at the ends of bottles by the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, they're not thinking about the business of the wine business. They're thinking about what's in that no. bottle, what the price point is on that bottle, and why isn't why and, and why is that shelf empty? Why didn't I buy that wine because everybody else did? Mm-hmm. There's so many other things to think about. But and then, then of course, every one of those wineries has their own world. Their own families, oh, their own their own mm-hmm. uh, mentalities, their own attitudes, and you have to somehow you have to be the center of that uh, that turmoil. And I I enjoy that challenge. I to me it's uh, what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited. And the fact that the response already has been off the charts. I am. Uh, <laughs> this is where this is exactly what I meant to do here in beautiful BC. Yay. <laughs> I, I just I, I kept saying to you you and Jeff um um how about BC what about BC how about BC you know it's or or and actually Jeff asked me he said said uh, tell me what the seasons uh, he knew he knew he knew about yeah. BC he had friends out here already but I'm so glad that well, you I still coming. remember the day you took us by Soaring Eagle and you said this property is available for one point two million dollars. You go back to Ontario and you get your friends to invest in this. And I actually <laughs> recounted this story last night at a Travel Penticton um, uh, open house to one of the uh, uh, managers at Bench One Seven Seven Five. It's like I still look at that property and go, man, man. But everything happens for a reason. It does. Well, I'm so happy you you've just made us instantly better. Just by being here, thank you so much for 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 doing that so and nice. and committing and and it didn't. I mean, it's not like we we had marching bands coming down the street to meet you. You had to work your way through right. the system and find who you wanted to be in the Okanagan. Yeah, exactly. I well remember done. Harry McWaters telling me that he's like, "Honey, they're going to get to know who you are, and then and then you'll land where you're supposed to be." And then, and he was right. Yeah, yeah. 
Kimberly Hundredmark, who is the general manager of the uh, Okanagan Wine Festivals. Okay, Kimberly, um, when COVID happened, the, the feedback that I got for the countless interviews that we did was, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? Are we going to get through to the end of this, whatever this is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they started to realize the ones that had a online presence, all of a sudden, we, the consumer, went okay, I need some wine to get through this. And I need, I need if I'm going to stay home, I, w- I want to have my wine there. And all of a sudden, people mm-hmm. were not buying by the by the six-pack. They were buying by the case, cases. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some wineries did exceptionally well because they were plugged into the internet. Um, has business, has that part of the business changed? Has it been changed over those two years? I think that the... Uh... The amount of wine clubs and the, the health of wine clubs, uh, DTC, every winery now has a DTC manager. Like yeah. that wasn't something before. It was the big guys had someone that was doing direct consumer, but now it's actually part of a vocabulary. It's it's part of your business plan and your strategy. And um, the other piece to that too is the elevated tasting experience, like having to sit people down six feet apart, only six to a table and, you know, they're not allowed to move and you got them engaged, but that, that experience had better be darn good. Um, that's something that's also carried through. So, you know, when we're looking at the festival business now, that's part of the model is elevated experiences, seller door engagement. Um, nobody's comfortable in a room of 8,000, 800 people anymore. Sure. They're just not, it's, it's not a, it's not a good scene. It's, uh, we've changed too much. Our expectations are too high. And um, this is an incredible opportunity for a festival like the Okanagan Wine Festival that, you know, has been around for 42 years. So we're reinventing it, reimagining it, and really excited to be leading that charge. So in the second part of this conversation, we're going to talk about specific dates uh, okay. in January and in June, actually. And mm-hmm. so... How are they shaped now? How are we going to, if you can't have 800 people in a room, if Vancouver Wine Festival is going to have, you know, a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand people in a room, yeah. how do we, how are we going to deal with this? Because we have to ad lib as we go because who knows what's coming? We don't know. Exactly. And with, you know, Vancouver, it has its, it has its purpose, right? It's, it's a, a showcase of wines from around the world. And we're lucky when we get a seat at the table. Um, but people have the expectation that they're running into this room and they're going to taste wines from all over. Sure. Our responsibility here is to be the ambassadors of the BC wine industry and being able to tell that story in the best sense of place that we possibly can yep. really now, because the industry is so large is telling the story of the GIs within the GIs and, and also, um, you know, traveling North and South because you can't possibly think that someone's going to go from Lake country down to Oliver in one fell swoop. It's, and it's not reasonable to think that the wineries from Lake country are going to travel all the way down to Soyuz to showcase their wines. So that's been, it's not divisive by in any way it's representing their sense of place and destination. Um, And our consumers can choose to do everything in all or, just in bite size. 
When we come back, we're going to ask uh, Kimberly Hundredmark, the uh, new GM at uh, Okanagan Wine Festivals, about specific dates that are coming up. It's it's just barely baby steps into the year because it's going to be a busy year, and we'll find out how busy right after this. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Jason Parks Customs. Let's review what exactly is Jason Parks Customs. It's The Hatch, the original home of all things JPC, The Hatching Post, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor, Truck 59 Cider House, Black Swift Vineyards, the home of their single vineyard, single varietal series of sensational Swifties, Crown and Thieves, made by scoundrels, sipped by royalty. Home of the Crown and Thieves Speakeasy, a saloon-style brewery, smokery, and ice cream parlor. All the details can be found at jpcfanclub.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mooncursor Wines in Asoyos. From January 3rd to April the 27th, Monday to Friday, 10 to 5, it's sales only at the winery. Uh, just one last thought. Wasn't this the year you were going to join the wine club at Moon Cursor? Just give them a call at the winery, or you can find all the details about the winter hours at mooncursor.com. Welcome back to Tasting Room Radio. Terry David Mulligan, a good friend, Kimberly Hundredmark, has uh, joined me. She, When we last talked, uh, she was at uh, Time uh, Winery, and she is now the new general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. And, and that's a lot of festivals, a lot of festivaling. And we'll give you an example. Kimberly, do we yeah. festival differently from Niagara or is it all the same? What do you think? Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, I, I believe that there's great opportunity here to work more as a destination. I, I feel like the festivals have been sort of uh, events right? They're not, haven't necessarily been working with the destination partners, which is an area of expertise that I have that I'm, I'm really working towards making sure that we're part of that narrative. Sure. And when and Destination BC is talking about things to do, they're talking about the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Also, the fact that we're now going to develop festivals that are more in shoulder season, not necessarily sure. right when we're in the eye of the storm. So, um, I'm using a lot of that footprint that I created in Niagara that still sees great success um, as as a little bit of a, a footprint here. Just, I mean, the people are different, the players are different, the size is different, but certainly there's a lot of key learnings that I'm hoping to uh, adapt into best practices. Have they here. have they asked you to reimagine or have you set, suggested to them, I'm going to reimagine what these festivals are like? We actually undertook um, a strategic plan through the month of October with the board of directors. And out of that, uh, there was a lot of conversation about what we liked, what we didn't like, what worked, what didn't work. And also in talking to industry and really listening to what they're saying, um, as well as the tourism partners, it was it was the perfect time for change. It wasn't necessarily that it was needed. It was a desire of the key players. Okay. Kimberly Hundredmark. She is now the new general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Let's start with a couple of dates here in the immediate future. January the 22nd, Sunday. Mm -hmm. Winter sips yeah. uh, at uh, Predator Ridge from 1 to 4 in the afternoon. Just a nice little three-hour little soiree. Uh, yeah. What is it involved? Oh, it's Burgundy. It's all about Burgundy. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that we are doing is we're working with uh, destination partners yep. to help deliver our membership 
to their experiences and their audiences. So sort of like connecting the dots for them and giving our winery members an opportunity to participate with these key players. Um, so Winter Sips is with Predator Ridge. They wanted, um, they really, Brad Palche really, really wanted to do a Burgundy inspired um, tasting that showcased the best in Chardonnay and Pinot Noir okay. in the Okanagan. So we've got some incredible partners that are coming out. Their uh, chefs are working on a Burgundy inspired menu, which looks amazing. And it's just a really nice afternoon tasting, something to do in the middle of winter at one of the most beautiful properties and destinations. In Sunday afternoon. What else are you going to do with a Sunday afternoon? You're going to watch some exactly. football. Exactly. Yeah. No. No, you can record it. And don't let anybody tell you the score. <laughs> exactly. January exactly. the 27th, yes. a Friday night. Mm -hmm. Sensation. That sensation. An Eve yes, for sorry. Senses, right? Yes. It's described as a grand tasting. What, what involves a grand tasting? It's our partners bringing out uh, wines that are, are premium positioned yep. for engagement with a very targeted audience. This will be a maximum of 400 people in a ballroom. It'll be a little more of a gala feel to it, um, not just a casual fling tasting, but an actual dialed in tasting where there's more engagement with the principals and the storytellers at the wineries. And then the cool thing is we're actually... Um, enhancing the experience with culinary uh, small bites that uh, profile our taste profiles. So sweet, salty, savory, spicy, umami, and wines to pair with that so that people, it's going to be a little more educational as well. So why does this Pinot Noir work with this versus this Cabernet Franc? Uh -huh. And hopefully people will have fun with that and it'll be a conversation starter and there'll be some incredible music and uh just a lot, a lot of fun and a smaller footprint of wineries. We're only allowing 20 wineries to participate and we have these six uh, culinary stations. So it's going to be a really wonderful night. And then January the 28th, the Saturday, mm -hmm. uh, Okanagan Winter Wine Festival, uh, going to Oliver, heading south yes. to Oliver. That's a big deal. Yep. It is. Um, when I was managing Time Family of Wines, uh, one of the locations that uh, was under my umbrella was the district. Yeah. And there was always conversation, uh, particularly with Josie at night, saying, we've got to do something in the winter. We need to do a winter wine festival. And look to me, like, <laughs> we've got you. And then when I left and, and you know came into this role, one of the first calls that I made was to Darcel at the district and said, hey, I want to do something this winter this is the weekend. Is it available? What can we do? She was totally down with it. The partners are excited. It's an opportunity too for a lot of those small, um, small wineries that don't really have uh, a marketing vehicle of their own to utilize the festival's um, reach to, you know, gain a new audience and try out something that again very successful in niagara and it's not like i'm trying to pick up niagara and move it here by any stretch of the imagination but uh, much like i took the tailgate party from here years ago sure. i'm bringing a, a passport program here during the festivals where it's elevated tastings there's a bit of a redemption for the winery so you know they're getting they're getting their pound of flesh back uh for <laughs> engagement and elevating that experience okay January the 28th, a Saturday night. Oh, Saturday afternoon, 11 Saturday to 4. Saturday afternoon, yeah. 11 to 4, District Wine Village. There's lots of lots to discover there. Winemaker's Cut is in there, as a matter of fact. Great conversation about you with Michael last week, actually. 
Oh, man. So this is good. Yeah. So that's the 22nd, the 27th, the 28th, just just to get the year going. Um, I want to tease June the 2nd, the Okanagan Spring Wine Festival, uh, June 2nd to 11th. It'll take place where, and will it be different? Will we recognize it? It will be different. Uh, first of all, we're moving the date out of May into June. The last couple of years, May sure. has not brought us, you know, merry weather. It's been kind of crappy. Um, and also the wineries, again, new releases are finally in bottle, ready to be released. They're excited about that. Uh, the timing is great because they finally have their staff back. It just gives them opportunity to engage a little bit more. Um, but we are going to focus things north and south. So we will do a piece, um, Kelowna, Lake Country, that end of the, uh, the map, and then moving down Penticton and south for the second weekend. And we're going to also obviously announce the BCLGA awards um, on that second date and introduce the taste passport across the region in all the various uh, GIs. So Narabada will do one, Lake Country will do nice. one, Kelowna will do one. It uh, just um, some really great opportunities to move people around uh, around the Okanagan. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mooncursor Wines in Asoyos. From January 3rd to April the 27th, Monday to Friday, 10 to 5, it's sales only at the winery. Uh, just one last thought. Wasn't this the year you were going to join the wine club at Mooncursor? Just give them a call at the winery, or you can find all the details about the winter hours at mooncursor.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Unsworth Vineyards in the Cowichan Valley. It's that time of year where... The days are getting longer. They're warming up. We can start to think about the reopening. The tasting room and terrace at Unsworth are open Wednesday to Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday and Tuesday from noon to 4. The restaurant and patio will be opening again Wednesday, January the 18th. You can find all the details at unsworthvineyards.com. Kimberly Hundredmark, she is now the new general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festival's I need an overview from you about uh, uh, just one thing. Uh, when I was, uh, we, were, we were living in Aramata, um, I, I noticed that, that the the wineries were continuing to get the momentum going and, re, and starting to really sharpen up and shape up and focus on what they were doing. And I found that the, the food programs throughout the Okanagan were not there. They simply weren't there. There were, okay, there were good spots, but food in the Okanagan was missing, sadly. I would imagine it's changed now. Absolutely. And that's the one conversation leading into conversations with everybody is we have to change that. Because when it comes to experiences, food is a key driver. Yep. You'll get people through the door if you've got a great culinary program. Um, I mean, you look at Old Vines, you look at Mission Hill in the, the kitchen, um, uh, 50th Parallel, um, Cedar Creek, all of these iconic wineries, Modest Butcher, just a little plug there. Um, <laughs> they all have these incredible culinary programs that go along with their wine programs. And so to get everybody on board with that, I just think it's going to elevate the okay. industry overall. We're just that tide's going to rise and we're all along for the ride. Is there a dialogue going on? I mean, are, are you uh, oh, yeah. the culinary side talk? Okay, fine. Right. Yeah, Very I good. actually had a great talk with Audrey from Rod's Concepts yesterday and uh, I'm going to work with her and try and, well, attempt to work with the college again, too. 
Um, okay. Yeah, so that's a, a big passion of mine is the wine and culinary because I've seen this how that success lends itself to the success of the events overall. How open are you to uh, feedback from your your consumers? Um, absolutely, Facebook, uh, Insta. They can get uh, reach me through the the website. Um, it, it's all very connected. They they find me. They do find me. <laughs> Phone, they phone me. It's it's nice to have those conversations. I love that. I, and I one, think they're usually pretty surprised. Kimberly Hundred Mark, general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Uh, how do people get the information? You have a uh, uh, various social handles to look at. Yeah, the wine festivals first and foremost. The wine fest, the website winefestivals.com, and they can always just info at thewinefestivals.com. Let me ask you one final question. It's, it's an ongoing question. Do you think Ontario and BC will ever be allowed to exchange wines and go from <laughs> province to province? Do you think ever we will see that come in our lifetime? In our lifetimes, I sure hope so, Terry. I think we've all been bearing that flag for how many years now, right? Yeah. I still believe we're a Canadian wine industry first and the divisiveness of the provincial barriers, I, I will never understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful, but I think we need strong governance to yeah. allow the, allow for that to happen. And I know sure. you know guys like Miles Proden and uh, Dan in Ontario, and you know that whole the whole gang, Wine Growers Canada. I I I think it'll happen, but it's just got to be everybody again out of their silos and working together. Yeah, it's glacial this movement. Anyway, congratulations, <laughs> yeah. congratulations on the gig. Well done. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, so Kimberly Hundredmark, who is the general manager of the uh, Okanagan Wine Festivals. And they're, they're, they're gunning uh, January 22nd, 27th, 28th. Go check them out on their website. And June the 2nd, get yourself some accommodation and get up to the Okanagan for the Okanagan Spring Wine Festival, June the 2nd to the 11th. And it's going to be a show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Unsworth Vineyards in the Cowichan Valley. It's that time of year where the days are getting longer, they're warming up. We can start to think about the reopening. The Tasting Room and Terrace at Unsworth are open Wednesday to Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday and Tuesday from noon to 4. The restaurant and patio will be opening again Wednesday, January the 18th. You can find all the details at unsworthvineyards.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. The Tasting Room and Wine Shop are closed for the season. Wine sales are available Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And speaking of wine sales, on the website, check out the 2016 Mosaic, the 2019 Syrah and Pinot Noir. Oh, and take a look at the Merlots. And my favorite, the 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The Bistro is closed for the season and reopening spring of 2023. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. Mark DeVere, Master of Wine, is here representing Mondavi. We haven't talked for a number of years, but I like the word stories that you paint of Mondavi because for some of us, we see the Mondavi name over and over and over again. It's there. It's always been there. We take it for granted. And I think... Uh, we lessen the experience of what's in that bottle and what's going to be in our mouth. Um, but the more you know about the Mondavi label, 
the more you'll appreciate what's what's in your hand. Well, thank you. And it's certainly something that we uh, are very aware of and do our best to keep the Rom W Winery brand name and image alive and fresh and remind people that we're still focused on Mr. Mondavi's founding vision of making Napa Valley wines in the company of the great wines of the world. What did you do with your two years of COVID? Uh, last year, I started to be able to travel a little bit around the U.S. and tried to do as many events as I can. But it's wonderful to be back here. Of course, Vancouver Wine Festival in February 2020 was the last hurrah, the last party before the world shut down. So it's great to be back. And I'll remind people that they, uh, if I get this information wrong, you can correct me. But the very first guest, the only actually guest that we had at the first Vancouver International Wine Festival was Robert Mondavi himself. That's right. Robert Mondavi Winery start, basically started this festival. It was the only winery at the initial year, the very first year. So. But if you're going to have just one winery, why not Robert Mondavi? Well, excellently said. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's, what are you pouring at the table today? I say that because the portfolio is wide. So yes. what did you bring? We brought five wines. So we've got our Napa Valley Chardonnay, our Napa Valley Fumé Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc, our Pinot Noir, our Cabernet Sauvignon, and then we have our Oakville Cabernet Sauvignon, which is all from the vineyard right behind the winery. It's sort of like the, the second wine from the reserve, but amazing expression of the terroir where our winery is. How old are those vines? Well, it's a big range of vines because we replant the blocks yeah. over and over. But for this wine, I'd say the youngest uh, age is maybe 20 years old and the oldest maybe 40 years old. From Robert Mondavi Vineyards, Mark DeBeer. Master Vine. So it's uh, that particular Oakville is is from that vineyard specifically. Anything added to it? There, well, I say it, it may be ninety eight percent from our Tokolom vineyard. There might be one or two from a couple of neighboring blocks in this wine. Has it ever been threatened uh, by fire or pestilence? Well, the fires came fairly close yeah. in 2017. We could see it in the hills behind and a little bit of a fire in 2020 behind us. But fortunately, vineyards, in the big scheme of things, compared to coniferous forests with dry pine needles underneath them, mm. uh, vineyards are almost considered a bit of a fire break. Unless the fire comes right into the trees next to the vineyard, it doesn't tend to spread through the vineyard. And because our winery is surrounded by vineyards, the winery is fairly well protected from the, t the fires that we've had, unfortunately, in 17 and 2020. Mondavi's place in the world of wine, has it changed? Well, Mondavi Winery has uh, continued to focus on making Napa Valley wines in the company of the great wines of the world. As you know, there's also, of course, been... Uh, RMPS, as we call it, Rom Darby Private Selection from the Central Coast, uh, Woodbridge by Rom Darby, making wonderful, uh, uh, approachable, varietal wines. And we're, we're more and more focusing the Rom Darby Winery name on just the Napa Valley wines, and we're, we've actually come out uh, a beautiful new label, on uh, which is just rolling out. It's not on this 16 vintage, but on the uh, 18 and some of the wines. A beautiful label, much more contemporary, and I think it helps communicate that Rotondavi Winery is all about great Napa Valley wines. So we're trying to re keep people refreshed to that message. What's the price point on the Oakville? Uh, here it's about $90. This is not the starting point. This is this, You work your way to this Oakville Cab Zab. Maybe, yeah. It's Tasting Room Radio at the 43rd Annual Vancouver International Wine Festival from Robert Mondavi Vineyards, Mark DeVere. Master Vine. Can we talk about the legacy of Robert Mondavi and the winery in this day and age? Well, I think Mr. Mondavi's legacy and Robert Mondavi Winery did so much to 
put New World Wines on the world wine map to re-energize a lot of what was happening in Europe. Uh, we, we try to keep that story of Mr. Mandavi and Robert Mandavi Winery's legacy alive, while, of course, reminding people that we're still very focused on the future and continue to make contemporary wines and driving forward. I think one of the nice things in Napa Valley is there still is a great memory of what Mr. Mandavi contributed and what Robert Mandavi Winery brought. I like to think that the, the image... Or the, the, the energy and the passion he brought. We like yeah. to think, in many ways, with Rom Dovey Winery is the soul of Napa Valley, and we, we really take that seriously, and we try to keep the leg- honor the legacy and keep moving forward. He's a, he was one of those people, talented enough and brilliant enough, that by the time he finished talking about the wine, yep. you couldn't wait to, <laughs> to get that wine in your mouth. Uh, absolutely. Very, very passionate, very enthusiastic, a great leader, who had the ability to encourage other people to buy into his vision, spread enthusiasm. And one of the things that he was so great at, and I think well-respected for, was spreading enthusiasm about his own wines or our own wines, but also spreading enthusiasm for Napa Valley and spreading enthusiasm for wine as uh, part of a gracious way of life and in moderation, a way to enhance your life. Uh, Finally, we're going to taste... uh uh, this uh, 2016 uh, Caps Have Napa Valley Oakville. Um, what should is is there a, a note in there somewhere down the spine of this wine that I want to keep an eye on? I would say in there's a flavor stamp and a structure stamp that's typical to this vineyard. Flavor wise, I always think of big black berry fruit characters and often a good sort of savory edge like a black olive, positive side of dried herbs. But also, uh, one of the hallmarks of this vineyard is a feeling to the structure of the wine. Yep. Tannins that I feel around the side of my mouth and a lovely sort of mouth-watering acidity in the way the tannins and the acid work together. Very typical of this vineyard. Thank you for taking the time. My great pleasure. Great nice, to see you. Nice to see that we've all survived this, and thank you so much for doing this, Mark. My pleasure. Great to be back. Cheers. It's Tasting Room Radio from Robert Mondavi Vineyards. Mark DeBeer, Master of Wine. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. Here's some important information. The Tasting Room and Wine Shop are closed for the season. Wine sales are available Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And speaking of wine sales, on the website, check out the 2016 Mosaic, the 2019 Syrah and Pinot Noir. Oh, and take a look at the Merlots. And my favorite, the 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The Bistro is closed for the season and reopening spring of 2023. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca.